Today's show is brought to you by Grammarly, an intelligent writing app that works as your own personal editor. Download Grammarly's browser extension and create a free account at getgrammarly.com slash cinemaretall. Hey everybody, the Vern here. Just want to let you all know that during this episode, I was having a few mic problems concerning placements, so that's why I sound kind of off in the distance, but it's still a fun show. Hope you enjoy it. Here it is. This podcast may contain adult language, adult situations, and some movie spoilers, so listener discretion is advised. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? Who? Jack Burton. Me. You're a bluebird. You're a brownie. You're a Girl Scout cookie. He doesn't know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> oh, I used to love doggy chow. <laughs> I used to love doggy chow too. Want a date? Going out? Looking for some action? Need some company? Plus, this is a snakeskin jacket. And for me, it's a symbol of my individuality and my belief. It's not important, okay? You're not important. Get used to it. Baby, you are gonna miss that plane. Welcome to the Cinema Recall Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Cinema Recall. I am your host, the Vern, and I am bringing back with me one of my very good friends and writers and voice actors, Jeanette Miller-Mickenham, formerly of Squeaky Speech Your Mind. Hello, Jeanette. Welcome back to the show. Hi. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. This is going to be so much fun. Very excited. Now, if you recognize Jeanette's voice, she was in our Nate of the Living Dead audio drama as the role of Barbara. And thank you very much for adding in your acting expertise to that role. Oh, that was so much fun. I had a blast. And I tell you, that was a very emotional um, part to play. I just got more and more um, emotional and intense with that role. So that was really super fun. You got a lot of praise for your role in that. <laughs> Like, I swear, <laughs> my, my parents listened to it, and my mom's like, that girl who plays Barbara, she's really good. I'm like, Aww. yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's so nice. <laughs> so, yeah, very cool. Um, can you tell the – now, listeners out there should also have heard you on our episode talking about Showgirls 2, mm-hmm. Pennies from Heaven. Um, mm-hmm. But can you give our listeners out there a little uh, feed up, feedback about what you've been doing or what you're going to be doing these next few years and months? Okay, well, um, I was writing squeakyspeaksformind.com, doing community theater reviews and movie reviews and things like that for about a year, and now I'm in the process of relaunching um, a new blog site, and uh, it just needed to be freshened up, and, you know, once you do something for a while, then you kind of start to figure out where... um, where you, when your personality is there and it just it starts to become more and more you so that's kind of where I am I'm in this transition of just finding my voice and becoming more and more um, me and the blog uh, website matching more of my personality so that's what I've been working on and just trying to stay out of trouble it's hard but I'm trying my best 
I appreciate that. And I totally understand, too, about wanting to reinvent yourself because I've gone through many different blog sites and podcasts before mm-hmm. I got to Cinema Recall here. So it's taken a, a oh. long journey, and so I completely understand the journey that bloggers and podcasters go through because, yeah, there's been a series of different shows that I started with and ended, and they start up a new project, and that ends, and then, yeah, so it's yeah. a whole new thing. Uh, so, yes, cool. thank you for being on the show with us. Uh, first of all, thank you, everyone, for listening. I do got to give a shout-out to our wonderful Patreon subscribers. Uh, <laughs> if you subscribe to us via Patreon, you get, like, uh, early access to episodes, bonus shows, and also you have a chance to be a host and pick a topic for episodes. So I gotta give a shout out here to Jason Soto of the podcast, whatever with Jason Soto. Uh, also want to give a shout out to Matt of the podcast, Mashley at the movies. Very good. You can follow both the gentlemen on Twitter. Uh, Jason is at whatever J Soto and Matt is at Mashley movies. All right. So both on Twitter there, check them out. They're really great people. Check out their shows. Uh, today's episode, as you can tell, we are going to be talking about Andy's Dare's feature, Picasso Trigger. And this yes. is this would be a special episode because this is our last in our Sedaris September series. Uh, want to give a shout out to all the past guests who have been helping us out. Uh, want to thank Jason Soto for his help with talking about Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Gotta thank Rob from Fat Drunk and Stupid talking about Savage Beach. I want to thank recently Damon Riley of Riley on Film for, help, for helping us out with uh, Fit to Kill and Hard Hunted. Uh, and now we have Jeanette on here to talk about Picasso Trigger. Going to be our last in our Sedaris September. I'm sorry, the guy has like so many features. I could probably do another month of his movies. <laughs> so if you do like these, let us know either like in comments or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll do more of these, all right? Uh, but if you don't mind, Jeanette, I'm going to mm-hmm. take a small break. I want to play some ads from some other amazing podcast shows as well as our sponsor, and then we'll be back, all right? All right. Being a listener of Cinema Recall, Grammarly is offering a free download of their software. If you host a website or podcast, it's really important that your followers and subscribers understand everything that you want to communicate with them. With Grammarly, you can have your own personal editor who not only does spell checks, but makes sure the tone of the piece is what you want. Get your free download by visiting getgrammarly.com slash cinema recall. So this thing we want to do, what exactly is it? I think it's a podcast. 
think he just made that word up. Well, anyway, what would it be about? Uh, it can be about those things we see in the things, you know, with the pictures and the acting, and sometimes Ryan Gosling. Oh, you mean films? Yeah, those. We can talk about those. And Ryan Gosling. And what would we call it? Women who speak weirdly. Uh, ladies, young ladies, all the single ladies. <laughs> oh wait, I know. Oh, chicks with accents. Yeah, and we could use that song from the Beatles and that movie, Across the Universe. Cool. Yeah. Listen to the Across the Universe podcast, brought to you by the Chicks with Accents. Available just about everywhere. This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Have time for another podcast and enjoy listening to two idiots discussing films? Then look no further. We are Movie Drone Podcast, two mates sitting down to discuss new releases, nostalgic films and anything and everything in between. He's Steve. And he's Mark. Together we answer listener questions and set each other homework, giving each other a film to watch that the other hasn't seen, in the hope of unearthing hidden gems. You can download us on iTunes, Podbean, as well as Google search us to find us on loads of different platforms. Or email moviedronepodcast at hotmail.com. I think that's all. No chance, mate. Huh? You've forgotten everyone's favourite feature. Mark's movie impressions. Oh, I'd hope you've forgotten it too, to be honest. No chance of that, mate. You think you should do one. I hate you. Come on, mate. Show them what you got. Hey, my boy. Hey, my boy. Yo, Adrian! <laughs> and if that hasn't put you off, give us a try. There's a small chance you won't regret it. Picasso Trigger. Codename for a killer. Steve Bond is Travis Abilene, an undercover agent with the help of an explosive force. An international mystery winds through the casinos and the countryside, the beaches and the bayous. From Paris, France, to the Hawaiian Islands, the trail is hot and everybody is fatally attractive. Killing is an art form, and Travis Abilene must stop the Picasso trigger. All right, we are back. Welcome, welcome everyone to Cinema Recall Podcast. Hope you enjoyed that little break there. You just heard the trailer <laughs> for Picasso Trigger. Uh, now, before we get into this movie a little bit more, Jeanette, mm-hmm. how familiar how familiar are you with the works of Andy Sedaris? So, honestly. I don't know how this escaped me. I had not seen any of his films. Um, so Picasso Trigger was my first one. And I am shocked that they escaped me all these years because it was so much fun. And now I have to watch them all. You so. do. Now, here's something, and I mentioned this before in other episodes, but these are all part of a cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Which I find to I be... can totally see that. Yeah, I can. T- I totally see that. Just watching this one. Because a lot of the same people who are in this one are also mm-hmm. in like Hard Ticket to Hawaii and Savage Beach. Now, certain actors sort of like change roles. Like they start off being bad in one movie, and then in another mm-hmm. movie they'll be like the good guys. And uh, certain characters are replaced with other characters, like in. Hard to Hawaii, you had Donna and Taryn, and then Savage Beach, 
it was Donna and Nicole. So, mm-hmm. but they're all part of like this uh, group of agents called Lethal, and I still yeah. have not been able to find out what Lethal stands for. It's just an acronym. It means something, but I don't know exactly what it means. But I will find out by the end of this episode. <laughs> okay. So, and actually, in my I dug around a little bit, but I don't think I, I don't think I found that out either. Weird. Okay. It might be one of the acronyms that's supposed to sound good, like in like you know the letter by letter, but it may not mean anything. Yeah, it's I think to... you're probably right. It just sounds cooler that way, you know. L dot E dot T H. Yeah, that whole thing it just sounds mm-hmm. a cooler thing. So, Picasso Trigger, I believe it came out in I want to say nineteen ninety. Was it just nineteen ninety? It says 1988. It is 1988, okay. All yeah. Right. So this one actually did come out right after um, Heart Trigger to Hawaii, mm-hmm. which was made in 1987. And we're going to do our best to try and repeat the plot of this movie. So when the movie opens, we're in Paris. Yes. And this old man, he gets this package with a, with a videotape. Mm-hmm. And on that tape, it explains that uh, with this guy's help, they will kill the agents who killed this guy's brother, the guy on the tape. He explained to this other guy that, hey, I want you to kill these agents because they mm-hmm. killed my brother. Uh, then we did a scene where I think it's the guy. He's riding in a sidecar in a motorcycle. Yeah. And I got and he's this... really stiff, too. He doesn't move his neck or anything. I, I got this. Like... You, you can't look like a badass. While riding in a sidecar in a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a double cross here. He totally double crosses. That guy is a that guy in the sidecar. I I did not see that coming. Oh, the double cross. Yeah. I didn't see the double cross coming. Although everyone in the area should have seen the double cross coming because they were parked literally right there on the grass. Yes. <laughs> so. It shouldn't have been a surprise. I was a good eye for detail there. Uh, you got, I think, the same guy who double-crossed him. Uh, he's walking down the up escalator, which means you're your own boss. And you march, mm-hmm. to, your, you march to your own beat. You're not going to follow the rules of the society. No, you're going to walk down the up escalator because that means you're a badass. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to mess with you if you do no. that. No. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie. Yes, uh, and then so we got uh, Picasso Trigger, who's the name of this agent, but he also <laughs> has a painting, also called Picasso Trigger. Right. So yeah, um, this trigger fish, and it it's supposed to be, um, you know, Picasso didn't. He didn't uh, paint any fish, but um, they're, it's maybe called Picasso Trigger because of the coloring and the stripes and all that kind of thing. Um, but then, wink, wink, that's his um, secret name. That's his double agent name. So Yeah. Um, so he gets shot. Mm-hmm. Whole, like, yeah, it's a deadly smoke break. Yeah, during this whole like kind of festivities right there, he's kind of shot, and 
then all of a sudden we're cut to Vegas. All right. Hope I'm doing this right so far because it seems like we're just cut right to Vegas. I think that... my notes say that we we cut to Hawaii, and that's when we first see Steve Bond's character. Um, in his little blue speedo, answering the phone. Oh, with the little phone satellite, with the satellite dish okay. on his boat. And then it's really brief. Um, and then we go to Las Vegas. You're right. Thank you. Okay, I totally got that Willis Hitchin with the phone call. Um, so we go to this nightclub where yeah. you see like this woman putting on this uh, two girl act. Mm-hmm. Dancing to the song. Um, and apparently this club is a cover for like a sex trafficking ring. And snuff films. And snuff yeah. films, yeah. Yeah. So It's cr- kind of crazy. And these, but the two ga- dancing girls are also undercover agents. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now we get like this uh, kind of a balding fat guy. And there's mm-hmm. this blonde guy, and mm-hmm. they're being spied on. And I got really kind of confused in this part right there. I wasn't quite sure if they were there to spy on the guys running the club, or they were there to spy on the girls who are secret agents. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that that either. Um, although it's clear that the bad guys who own the club know who they are. Yeah. Because they send their henchmen to take care of them. Yeah, they're killed pretty quickly. I mean, they're only like in one scene, and then the next scene, they are shot and killed. Yeah, which is, you know, a really great touch because um, the bad guys come out and they say, hey, give these yellow flowers to those two guys. And then the gal, she's like, oh, you're, you know, we're, these are just a gift. And, and she's pinning those yellow flowers into their lapel. And they're like, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Wow, this is so great. And then they're driving along in, in what they say is, you know, kind of a beat-up car. But it's actually kind of a cool car. Um, and then they're in the, we're going to take the back roads. And then this helicopter comes from nowhere. And it completely blows up their I mean that yeah. this this movie has so many explosions. <laughs> I love that so much. It was like, well, what should we do? Well, let's just blow something else up. Okay. So you do. That's right. What, what more do you need right there? So I did, was pretty sure the flowers. The flowers must have been some sort of like code word that these are the guys, the targets. So I'm willing to yeah. bet that the bad guys who wanted those, uh, the blonde guy and the fatter guy dead, they just told the helicopter person, hey. Look out for the guys with the yellow flowers. With in the, the hair. yellow wrap, yeah. But how could the helicopter see that they had flowers in their hair? I mean, that's gotta be. I, I mean, think I'm... they were probably like somebody was maybe trailing them and then radioed to the um, helicopter and told them where they were going and then took over from there. I don't know, but yeah, you're right. There's there's a little piece of information missing there. All right, so Jeanette, here's also where I'm going to need some help because apparently I think it's at either this nightclub or back at Edie's. Uh, Edie's is the nightclub where yeah. like a bunch of agents all get together. They kind of go for briefing. And there's a scene where two bad guys 
shoot this guy and girl. Right. That's at Edie's. And they do the same thing there. The bad guys um, are watching this couple who I I think are, you're right, I think they are undercover or they're the, um, a rival gang or something like that. Anyway, um, they say, put this, um, you know, we want to give the uh, give the that happy couple some lays. And I think there's actually a quote that has to do with that. Give them a lay, blow them away. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and so, and and he's there, like, make sure you give them the yellow ones. That's their favorite color. And so when the when the lady comes and gives them the lay, all of her lays are the same color. They're all yellow. But here again is a yellow flower. And that's how the two henchmen know that those are, that's the target couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. It seemed to be kind of a ingenious way to tell, but also if these girls are pinning like these flowers on regular people, that's really going to confuse the bad guys. They're going to start shooting the place <laughs> and start killing innocent people left and right. Well, they're not. I I don't think that but, they really care so much. Those henchmen are, you know, there's not much there. Then so. again. I think that this nightclub Jeanette is a hotspot for all types of secret agents. Cause yeah. And all the movies you watch, this is the headquarters for mostly every single secret agent out there. So yeah. this is like, if anyone's an agent, they hang out at this bar. Like, even the woman who owns the bar and yeah. does like, she does like nightclub work and she sings there, she's even an agent. So... It's just a place for Asians to grab a, uh, grab a beer and bad guys know where they are, so they're going to try to mm-hmm. kill people that hang out there. Yeah. So. It, it's very it's very interesting dynamic how everything is commingled. So we find out later on that, we found out kind of around the same time too, that the guy on the tape, uh, he wants revenge on the agents who testified against him. Uh, right. Whole, uh, drug with the whole uh, drug ring that happened during Heartache to Hawaii. All right. Okay. And yeah. uh, then we are reintroduced to Donna and Taryn. Uh, Donna, played by Donna Spear. Taryn, mm-hmm. again, played by Hope Marie Carlton. And of course, they're introduced by taking a shower on their boat. And. <laughs> yeah. We get scenes of them both being naked and whatnot there. And I, I'm kind of glad to have you on the show here, Jeanette, because, yeah. I mean, these movies are kind of made for, like, kind of a, a male audience and whatnot there. I mean, mm-hmm. a bunch of naked women showing out the breasts and everything. And these movies can be exploitive. Uh, do you mm-hmm. consider these movies to be sexist? I just wanted to, like, a female kind of take on Okay, so I was expecting more, and I actually told my husband, I was like, okay, you got, you want to watch this movie with me? And he's like, what is it? And then I said, by the way, there will be a lot of boobs, uh, a lot of toplessness, um, a lot of sexy scenes, and um, possibly almost soft core porn-ish kind of 
and he's he just kind of gave me a look like oh brother <laughs> and um because that's not really his his uh, style of of movies but i'm all down for it i um you know especially when you consider it's in the late 80s um it was this is something you would probably see on Cinemax late at night, you know, sure. um, or something like that. And um, so I was just like, I was totally down for it. I was slightly disappointed overall because, yeah, there's some there there is some topless nudity, um, but it really wasn't as much as some of the other episodes and other films that I've heard you guys talk about. Um, it, it just didn't have the, as much gratuitous sex and nudity as I was expecting. That being said, um, I don't know if it's, to me, I didn't necessarily see it as sexist that these women are in the most amazing shape. And of course they should be because they're all playboy playmates. Um, but they handle themselves really well with weapons, with wearing barely any clothes. And, you know, I think that they hold their own. And I think Donna Spears, she should be, she should be the person that's on the poster, uh, in the center at the top, uh, with the biggest headshot, not Steve Bond, because she's been in every single one of these lethal movies. Sure. Uh, I kind of feel like she should have been the leader and Steve Bond could have just been a new guy, sh new to the group. I yeah. think she probably should have been the leader. So if I was going to complain about anything, I would say, you know, she should have had um, a higher role, although I get why in the story, you know, but right. I honestly didn't, um, I don't, as a, as a woman, I have no problem um, enjoying the, campiness and um the 80s sex exploitation i have no problem with that at all i love that answer i i do yes uh and i tell it <laughs> because i mean the way that a lot of those set scenes are shot i like the yeah. fact that they are very kind of tongue-in-cheek they take them very seriously but they're mm -hmm. also very comedic and if if they were to shoot the set scenes in a comedic manner, it wouldn't work. But it's only funny in the context of how it's shot because each yeah. frame of the set scene is shot like a romance cover. And I mentioned this before that yeah. it just feels like everything's done in soft light. Everything has like a close up to another kind Everything of close up. Everything has the music. Has the, the music. Yeah. And this is very much like fantasy sets it's not real type of sets or even like porno sets it's just no. like very soft flowing lights i mean this is the type of light stuff you read in romance novels or even yeah or even um you know steve bond and um some of these the other guy um john apreya i don't know if that's how you say his name um, but they're veteran soap opera actors, and this this um, and evening drama soap, you know, actors. And this movie reminded me of that a lot, especially when they get into the sex scenes. And I kind of felt like, geez, I see more 
um, on TV, just like a daytime soap or an <laughs> evening soap. There, yes. it, so this was really tame, and I, I, I don't think that anything was really gratuitous because every, um, like in the be it right in this scene that we st we stopped at, uh, she, um, Taryn is just getting dressed. Yeah. Yeah. So she's she's taking off her little negligee and putting on her swimsuit. Um, Donna does take a shower, which I didn't understand because she's going into the ocean. So why would you shower before going into the ocean? That's true. So <laughs> I was like, what? She's going diving? Like she's in the okay, I don't it's not a swimming pool. You don't have to like it's the ocean, so Good points. Um yeah. <laughs> But it does it does add to uh, the sexiness, and I, I again, I, I think it was done really tastefully. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have a problem at all. I actually thought that uh, Taryn, um, Hope Marie Carlton's character, was going to get in the shower with her. That's what I thought too. I really did. And then like... it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> there were like a lot so... of other scenes. Oh, oh, sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off there. No, that's fine. I, there, there's also like a lot of scenes that happen where you think there's gonna be a set scene. There's a moment yeah. where I think uh, Donna and this other guy are on an airplane and they talked about the Mile High Club, and yeah. then you never see them really having it. It, it shows some scenes of them getting naked, but that's it. Then they just kind of cut to another scene. Yeah, I thought okay, I, I'm watching the remastered version on Amazon. Um, and so they're talking about the mile high and she's like, okay, well, I guess we better get started then. And they kiss and then it cut, it cuts to something else. And I was like, wait, wait, wait uh, did I get the what? edited version here? I know. I was <laughs> like, uh, hello, where's my sex scene? And so my husband just, he's just like, okay. And he just shakes his head at me. Cause I'm like, wait, where's, what happened? So we <laughs> lied to me. <laughs> Very new asshole. How dare you? Yeah. You said that to be a bunch of nakedness and sexiness. I get nothing. This is the movie for me. So I, I, I apologize right now because I... I was robbed. I totally forgot about this movie because I have not seen this one in a while. And when you suggested it, I'm like, okay, cool. But also Trigger, why not? There seems to be a lot of nudity in these other movies. So sure, there should be nudity in this one too. And there wasn't as much. So I'll... I know. I really had my hopes up, so I will, I I'm will sure that tells your listeners a lot about me. So there you go. <laughs> I will say this though: uh, Return to Savage Beach has a lot more nudity in that one. Okay, well I'm planning on watching them all. Okay, good. Okay, so nice. Back to there, they have swum off, and now these two guys, uh, the Lay Killers, they. You have their little remote control airplane that yes. okay, go ahead, go ahead. dive Sorry. bombs the boat. It's a and huge explosion. Huge. I mean, this is like a tiny little airplane helicopter. They have like these little rockets. Yeah. And the boat yeah. just explodes. So Terran and Donna's boat is just destroyed. Totally destroyed. They're they think they're dead now. And they're like, okay, well, I guess we better walk to town, so. And then, isn't this around the same time, too, there's, like, this meeting with all the other agents? And this is where the exposition is given, where we find out that there are these bad guys around the globe 
trying to kill our agents, you know, the, these people that are working for this, for our secret agent corporation, which I call Lethal. Yeah, uh, I think almost, there's a part that, um, there's a couple more little bits. It's the, it's the guy who's kind of in charge and he's riding his horse. And then there's these two henchmen in the Jeep. I mean, I'm sorry, in the van that blow up the Jeep with, he, he sends his, his, um, stable guy to go grab lunch. So the guy jumps into the little Jeep and as he's driving off, his Jeep blows up. Meanwhile, Taryn and Donna are on the train. And I noted this because I just, my husband even said, he just started cracking up because, um, Taryn says, do you think they cracked my cover? And then Donna says, no, the federal government wouldn't let that happen. <laughs> I didn't and know. He totally cracked up. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and Taryn is like, um, she's flirting with those guys and, um, and she says, is that a snorkel in his pocket or is he just happy to see me? And then, it is a snorkel. He pulls a snorkel out of his pocket. <laughs> I, and Donna says, it is a snorkel, Karen. <laughs> or Taryn. And she's like, I'm having a bad day. I'm like, yeah, you are. That part was great because when Taryn said that line, it reminded me of like a Mae West, imper like a Mae yeah. West impersonation. Totally. Yeah. Like, and then the whole, oh no, they wouldn't let that happen. And, and... He just started cracking up. He's like, oh, yeah, the government's going to protect you. So, okay. So um, we're also yeah. kind of introduced to this other woman named Pantera. Oh, she, yeah. She's an agent that's going to meet uh, with this other man named Travis in Paris. Yes. Uh, now, Pantera is played by Roberta Vasquez, who will mm -hmm. appear in future Sedaris features as one of the main leads next to uh, Donna Spear. Um, she replaces she replaces the whole Marie Carlton in the later movies. Which I wonder if that since this is like Picasso Trigger is at the end, and then her character is probably from earlier films. It makes sense that Donna doesn't like her. Yeah. Um, but she has one, kind of a bitchy attitude towards Pantera. She does. Like this came out like, before. Like this came out like in after Heart Ticket to Hawaii, and then Savage Beach was next a little bit after this, and then Hard Hunted. And okay. these, these like when we're doing the series, I did not put these in order. I'm gonna probably okay. I'm going to do a post on our website cinemarecall.net that puts oh, how these to movies. Watch them? in chronological order but i gotta do some research on that so no worries give me some time on that one there folks uh but pantera goes to meet with travis and they do they actually go to paris or is it texas i think they go to texas i think you're right okay so now it's clear that both pantera and travis they have a past the use of mm -hmm. date and the way their chemistry is going, most likely will have sex. They go to a dance. And, yeah, yeah. They go to this dance club, which 
I think there's like a country like line dancing type of dance club, <laughs> but mm-hmm. no one there seems to be dancing to the same beat. No. Slightly, but not quite. Now the two are talking about the pastets they had, and she talks about work burns she had, and yeah, they have sex. But for Andy Sedaris' feature, this is a pretty short sex scene. It's a lot of foreplay in the upper region yeah. only. Yeah, that's it. Just and you don't even see anything for her for. Roberta Vasquez to be a Playmate model, and we see um, Hope Marie's um, breasts, and we see Donna's breasts, but we don't we don't see hers. We don't see Roberta's. So they, he keeps them pretty pretty much under wraps in her um, her bustier yeah. that she's wearing. So with her and this guy, they do a lot of like soft touching and yeah, guys, simple stuff. Then mm-hmm. we go to the next day. Oh, God, yes. You may have to help me out this one. They visit this guy who tells (laughs) them. Yeah, this other guy at this, like, sort of, like, it's not really a fishing boat area, um, but this sort of, like, a restaurant in the way. But this other older guy tells them about these other Asians that are being killed. Uh Then, as, as you're talking to this guy, there are these other men who are following them. Yeah, the guy, the two henchmen that were that are in the van, yes. who killed his, um, who killed the guy in the jeep. Yes. So now that the two thugs in the van show up, and they decide, okay, well we're gonna we're gonna leave, and and Pantera, you stay behind, and she's like, what? So yeah, so we know who we. Th- yeah. This is so hilarious. Are you going to, you? do you want to oh, say this? Go there to the, I was just going to say they get into a boat chase. Yeah, they're doing a boat chase. But Steve Bond, he he shoots so many times and cannot hit anything. And the same with the bad guys chasing him in the boat. Exactly. First of all, go on Steve with Bond and the other guy, they take off. And then the two henchmen jump in a boat. And they catch up to him right away, but neither one of them can actually hit anything with the many, 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 many bullets. And Pantera, she's like, okay, well, I'm not staying behind. And she goes onto a pontoon boat, so they are in speed boats, and she's in a pontoon boat. Yes. So then she goes a different way. And manages to get ahead of them. <laughs> she has a special pontoon boat. She does. And she has a shortcut because <laughs> she gets farther so that she can get ahead of them. And she manages to take one guy out with like one bullet. And then Steve Bond and the other, or Travis, the character Travis, and the guy that's that he's with on the boat switch and then that guy shoots the other guy with one bullet. One bullet. So, yeah. Like, Travis is a really bad, bad shot. He should never be given a weapon of any kind. At all. And he's supposed to be the hero. He's the one that gets kind of the girl at the end of, like, you're kind of a yeah. buffoon. Why he, are you with he, these sexy women is. who are better shots? They're way better at physical combat 
than you are. You I, are just yeah. a buffoon, and there's no he, way he is. that you should have. You should have been killed a long time ago. I'm sorry, but you really should. He have should been dead. have. So <laughs> yeah, he he should have been killed a long time ago. They should have made it so that it looked like he was at least hitting the boat with some special effects somehow, but there was nothing. Oh, like no. he can't. He oh yeah, he's he's a terrible shot. Terrible. Him and the bad guy. But here's the coolest thing we got after the sequence. Okay, Jeanette, we get the we get the word Thursday. Yeah. Over black and super ominous. Yes. And bold and blast of Thursday. I was like, holy shit, I'm watching The Shining. I yes. am watching The Shining. I was now. like I was like, wait, were there other were there other days and we just missed them? why are they telling us right now that it's Thursday? Yeah. <laughs> so now we're in Vegas, I believe. And yes. um, there's a talk about the bad guys who work for Miguel Ortiz, uh, now he's a guy who wants revenge on agents and mm -hmm. has killed Picasso Trigger, the uh, agent in the beginning of the movie. All right? Yes. And someone says, and I wrote this down there, it's bet the worst and gives a thumbs up. And I forgot who says <laughs> that, but it was a very funny moment. That was Travis. He says that. He says it right at the end of the scene. Okay. All right. Uh, and I was wondering, what's the deal with the thumbs up? Like, that is so lame. That is very lame. So we kind of got our plot exposition to the agents all talked about the bad guys who are working in these different areas, going to kill our agents. Uh, mm -hmm. Donna and this other guy have sets. I think that, that's the scene in the airplane talking about the Mile High Club. Sex with Donna. Yep, that's what I have written. Okay. All right, and then oh no! Well, wait, they oh, have they oh, have sex somewhere else first, they do. and then they, yeah, but it's uneventful, just like the airplane. Okay, but we do get another test screen of oh no, it's Friday. This time with two Friday. lines. No, this time it's a line so through it with one line through it. Yes. Uh, now we get this guy with this Swedish girlfriend. And apparently, yeah. they are the ones that help build devices for agents. Yeah. They're like the Q in the Bond films. They're the ones that help devise, devise all those cool spy gadgets and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have random set scenes going on in different places with random people. We get Donna and the guy on plane. Uh, mm -hmm. Taryn is fooling around with this guy at a pool. Yep, uh, yep. We get our guy with Swedish girl on the deck. Um, yep. Mm -hmm. There's another guy with kind of a slight ponytail with Edie, redhead Edie, at this gym workout area. Was that Edie? I, I feel like it was a different girl because um, – I and I – I th I think I wrote workout brun why is workout brunette shy because it is it's that real buff guy with the really long hair but he's got it pulled back in the ponytail and we see yeah. him later on but 
he interrupts her exercise and then they start to kiss and stuff and when her top comes off she has her arms covering her and she has like a look on her face like she's shy and then she just keeps moving farther away from him oh okay did you not like i I thought that was so weird Maybe I missed that part. I was trying to take. I was trying to write things down at the same time yeah, as she, watching this, so I probably missed part of sheer of her backing away. So I'm glad she was like up. going. Yeah, she was like going into a different part of the like a uh, to a different area of the room. But every time she, you would sort of get a glimpse of her breast, and then she would have her arms she would cover them with her arms and then have this like little um coquettish look on her face like oh you know i can't do it you can't see me so okay <laughs> um it was that it was just kind of weird but on friday yeah this friday sequence there are so much because you have that swedish lady and the guy and they show you the rc car that has the explosive you can attach the explosive and the boomerang with the explosive. Oh my gosh, yes, the boomerang. I, I found the whole thing with the Swedish guy or the guy, the Swedish girl, really kind of like weird, like and awkward. Very awkward. It's like these yeah. two actors really know nothing about each other at all. It's like they were kind of thrown into the scene the yeah. same day, and yeah, her having to like you know take her top off and whatnot. She kind of covers herself up a little bit, uh, but it's just, oh, I have to work with this guy. He's my husband. Okay. And she just says the lines in a very flat delivery. They both kind of do. Um, I, I will say this, though. I, I do think that uh, Donna Spear and Hope Marie Carlton, they really do actually work on their characters very well. And even uh, Roberta Vasquez as um, Pantera. I thought the girls in this do a a good job with the roles they have, and they do take it somewhat seriously. I I would agree. I I definitely agree. I I feel like they seemed pretty natural for the Mm -hmm. most part. Yeah, pretty much so. Uh, There's also another kind of shower scene, I believe. Yeah. With this. Yes. Help me out with this one. Um, Well, okay. What do I have? Oh, is this still... Is this still Friday or have uh, – my next note is Saturday. Okay, because the next note I have after we have this sort of like montage of set scenes is that uh, the brunette – and I call the guy a ponytail dude, even though yeah. he always got his hair down. Uh, they go to fight these bad guys. And, yeah. And in one the shot – phone company. Shot, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. they, 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 they're supposed to be in phone company people. And in one shot, these guys have guns. But mm-hmm. next shot, all of a sudden, the guns just disappear, and now it's a night fight. I didn't really get a lot of that stuff that was happening because I was distracted by these phone company outfits, and the ponytail guy had his shirt totally open. I was <laughs> like, that's kind of rude if a phone company guy showed up at my house like that and then my husband said if a phone company guy shows up at our house like that you better call me and I was like crack it up because <laughs> I was like yeah you'll be the first one I call yeah. anyway <laughs> so um I was just 
Can we get now, beyond that? Phone companies always wear that stuff, all right? These are not secret agents. They're clearly phone people. Can't you see They're that? phone company people. Yeah, and he had something wrong with his phone. And that bad guy, they just walk right in. Hi, we're here to fix your phone. He's like, I don't have anything wrong with my phone. And who are you? Yeah, we're here. I'm just like, you know, this could have just gone so much better. Um, but the bad guy really wasn't um, very intimidating. And then they the, leave. The two fo- the they- two agents, I'll say this more thing here, the two agents who were, like, dressing not as good as phone operators, they yeah. should have just worn, like, bikini outfits and just wrote the words phone fixers on their chest and, like, oh some Oh, my gosh. See, that probably would have worked out a little bit better. <laughs> but... but, yeah, I do have a note, like, hot tub, shower. Um, it's just escaping me what those what those words mean right now. That that happens a lot when you watch an Andy Sedaris feature. Things will happen that you see, but you don't quite remember that you saw it. And you know it was <laughs> there. Um, but yeah, so anyways, after uh, the brunette and the once ponytail guy, they get into, they pose as telephone operators or telephone fixers. They get mm-hmm. into fight with these bad guys. And I just noticed that in one shot, the bad guys had guns. And then when they go to fight, the guns disappear. They do. But then oh. all of a sudden they're back. Yes, this scene was actually really kind of cool, I thought, because the fight scene, um, you know, it's the best you can do with the fight thing. But there was a couple of moments where um, it it looked like they were actually hitting each other. The way that some of the bad guys, their faces would move, I was like, man, that really looks like it landed. So I thought that, that would... Uh, worked out really well but when the um when they've got the guy in the ponytail like in a back bend upside down and they're gonna like try to break his back oh yeah and then he flips him his body up and then pokes the guy's eyes out do you yeah, remember that i do yes yeah I was like, oh, my Jesus, that was awesome because I I was like, how in the world they've got him pinned, ready to break his back, but he manages to flip himself the other way and gouge the guy's eyes out. And then, so, oh, and then it... Ed, it cuts to the cowboy girls. Yep. So we should also tackle back here too because we yeah. told you earlier that these two girls on stage are yes. undercover agents. And they're there to expose the snuff film and sex trafficking of this club. And so during the whole time, these girls are being propositioned by one of the club owners to do a private show. Right. And the girls are like, sure, we can give you a private show. It's like going to be me and this other guy, but we want to be more risque. And I found this funny that this is supposed to be like a private show for the owners of this club. And mm-hmm. it's the same type of dance mm-hmm. that they've given to the public before. Like, there's... It's the same dance. It's the same song. It's the same outfit. I thought there's gonna, nothing more. I thought they're going to do like maybe some like toplessness in the scene. Yeah. But it's funny too. The one guy just sees the act and goes, yeah, 
they'll do. But you could have gone seen the puppet show that everyone else has seen and right. still give the same response. Uh, so after they give this private dance, mm-hmm. right away our two agents start opening fire. Yeah, they start opening fire. There's a serious, all this kickboxing going on. Oh, this is the scene that I said to hit look real because, and then I have out the window. Oh yeah, they throw the gut, somebody. Oh, wait, no, wait, no, I got it back because I, I didn't say that it's edited. So I've got two fight scenes here fighting in my mind of what's happening where. So yeah, the kickbox scene, those two girls totally beat the heck out of those guys. Yeah. And, okay, so this is where things get to be kind of confusing in this feature. Uh, Because we got Donna and Taryn are being chased, but Mm -hmm. they get to jump on a guy. And they kill one of the guys, and then I think it's Taryn who kills second guy with a bomb attached to a boomerang. Now, why don't you have a bomb attached to a boomerang? Boomerangs are supposed to return. But for some reason, this boomerang does not return. It just... It doesn't... Yeah, it just it blows up. It yeah. doesn't have to come back to you because you're blowing it up. Like, it's a suicide boomerang. <laughs> That's a very good point there. I never thought about that before. Uh, then Taryn kills another bad guy with remote control car. Yes. And then she shoots at another guy, but... She gets shot by him. Which supposedly. Supposedly. Because she had a bull I guess for some reason she had a bulletproof vest. I don't know yeah. where, but apparently I I thought it was a bull a bulletproof bra. Yeah. So she has she's wearing that little linen top that looks like a vest, but yeah. it's just a sleeveless linen blouse. And I guess it was bulletproof. So um, it must be the same. You know, afterwards, and now that I think about it, she probably bought it at the same place that John Wick gets his bulletproof suits that in was, London. Oh, my God. I would. Yeah. Yes. They're, so they're, I love that. Come I'm on. guessing that's what happened is she was just way ahead of her time. And John Wick probably is like, hey, I want that fabric that my um these other spies have you know they're bulletproof so are, are you saying Jeanette that there's gonna be a crossover between these <laughs> movies and John Wick uh I can't confirm or deny that at this time I mean that would be a, to say <laughs> that would be an awesome feature I mean come on I'll think of it all right uh this would be something that'll appeal to both men and women because Keanu Reeves he's not 50 years old still is good for his age you know? Yeah. And you can bring in some of these other women who are maybe in their 50s, still probably good for their age. Let's take yep. them in an action movie where they're all taking off their clothes and shooting guns. Yeah. Well, heck, yeah, sure. Come on sure. now. I'm comfortable, I, I'm, comfortable, I'm comfortable enough to want to see Keanu Reeves in some, like, Speedo shooting guns, as well as seeing uh, uh, Donna Spear... And um, Roberta Vasquez and the other ladies there shooting off guns with no top on. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, well, I don't need to see Keanu Reeves in a Speedo. Okay. I really, really like his um, 
his Matrix slash John Wick, um, same suit style. I really like it. So stylish. Yeah, and, you I, know, I really agree. slick. That's so I, I'm good. He can keep all his clothes on. Okay. Um, but I'm down for the other stuff. I'm down for the other yeah. stuff too. All right. I'm just saying I want to appease to both people out there that if that has to happen. <laughs> yeah. If I have to get my naked ladies right there, you can have, you know, naked Keanu Reeves. And I'm totally comfortable with that. <laughs> if that's the sacrifice I have to take, then okay, go for it. I, uh, yeah. I, if it's the sacrifice I have to take, I'll, I'll do that too. Okay. I'm down. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I want to say, though, before we keep going, okay. something funny happened when the guy with the eyes that got his eyes poked out. Yeah. And um, I think it was the female character, the female agent, and she's like, don't even blink. Um, my husband said, don't even blink. I can't blink. And he... <laughs> I was started laughing so hard because I was like, oh, he's really into it. But literally, the guy's eyes were poked out. He can't blink. Yeah. <laughs> so I was I had to write that down because my husband gave me a little nugget of comedy. That was good. That was really good. Um, okay. All right. So, so back forward. Back to her linen top was bulletproof. Yeah. She's fine. So Donna ends up killing. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting you. I'm no. sorry. No, go ahead. Go, so go, D- go. Donna does kill Miguel by shooting his bike with an arrow that had dynamite attached to it. Yes. So this big bad guy, you know, he's shot, he's destroyed. Uh, we found out that Picasso Trigger, the agent who got killed, actually faked his own death. He's actually alive. Uh, and he was using this as a ploy mm-hmm. to use other people. Uh, he was actually using it as a ploy so that agents will kill his enemies. Yes. So the whole right. thing of like agents trying to kill the bad guys trying to kill agents was a complete false. And so now the agents of Lethal have done Picasso Trigger's dirty work and they shot the bad guys. Uh, yep. And then Pantera, who's been in this relationship with Travis, you know, they have sex. She actually goes to stab him in the back, literally stab him in the back. Mm-hmm. But is stopped by Donna. So yeah. she's killed. Um they both now both Donna and Travis they go to kill Zalzazar, aka Picasso Trigger. Mm-hmm. And apparently Travis can't shoot his gun at all. Because <laughs> uh Picasso Trigger is trying to escape on this boat and It's like a little hover boat and Travis is on a speed thing. Yes. Like a what do you call it? A sea do or whatever you call it. A jet ski's right? Yeah, jet ski, that's it. Yeah. Uh, He's doing circles around the guy, and he can't shoot him? (laughs) No, yes. Uh, But, yeah, so, like, there's another bad guy who looks like the same. There seems to be another bad guy who looks like the other bad guy who looks like Picasso Trigger. Like, this Picasso Trigger guy has a lot of clones that looked like him. But yes, you're totally right. Uh, he does. Travis is on the speedboat, and he can't seem to catch up to this guy on the hovercraft. Uh, but the guy on the hovercraft, he is killed by a rocket after he Yeah, shoots... Donna shoots a spear or a rocket, whatever, to the hovercraft and blows him up. Yes, does that. Uh, and she 
tells him it's like one yeah Don says from a rocket far away Travis mm-hmm. is nearly right there and can't shoot the guy yeah. or the boat Every yeah. time, <laughs> uh, he can't shoot him he's in the water he jumps off the his speed um his jet ski thing he's in the water and he can't shoot him as he's coming right at him he can't shoot the guy so they destroy the other uh Picasso trigger clone guys so they think oh, that man. they killed all the bad guys who are associated with this but no there's also another bad guy, and I believe this is the main agent, the main Zalasar, the main Picasso trigger. And Travis. This is, is the real one. Mm-hmm. This is the weird thing. Travis puts into his computer these coordinates, and a rocket is launched, and it finds him, mm-hmm. and it kills him. And then, in the next scene, it explains why he's put his coordinates into his heart. His thing. pacemaker. His, thank you. His pacemaker. And it was able to find him and kill him. I'm like, well, that's super convenient. That is just a really convenient plot twist right there. Why did you need all these different agents to look like the same guy? All right? I, yeah. I'll... Well, yeah. So I have problems with that because I actually worked as a device tech for a number of years um, with pacemakers and defibrillators. Okay. And... uh. Picasso has a giant L-shaped scar on his chest, and um, that's not how pacemakers are put in. So he probably had something else, um, but it's just a tiny little um, inch thing right above, closer to your collarbone. And so I was like, okay, that's his pacemaker scar? I don't think so. (laughs) And number two, pacemakers don't have coordinates. They don't? No. I can't let it set up Pacemaker to MapQuest? No, you can't. Oh, oh. They do have wireless capabilities. They have Bluetooth capabilities, so you can connect them to a home monitor to send reports from your Pacemaker. Um, But no, there are no coordinates. So I I was like... I can't double, like, uh, uh, if I have a senior citizen in my home, I can't use them or her no. to like uh as like an extra like modem no you can't i can't oh so oh damn no and kid, you know horrible. i was I'm like horrible. oh man <laughs> do you know how many people would be scared half to death if that was a true if this tiny tidbit of information was true like <laughs> oh yeah oh my gosh you you know you could kill people left and right just by messing around with the coordinates on their pacemaker like it's not true so if anybody has a pacemaker out there listening to this you are safe you're safe oh yes there's not this cannot happen to you you will (laughs) not be blown to bits which i will say that was a really cool explosion because you saw his body there and then you actually like saw whatever the you know mannequin or whatever it was not an act, not the real actor, because he went on to do other things, yes. so it wasn't him. <laughs> but, but it was a really cool explosion to see oh, how was... they blew him up. Yeah, I really oh. liked that. I thought that was looked really cool. I agree with that totally. Uh, and then yes, we're actually in the end of this movie now. Uh, there actually is our last scene with our heroes and heroines. 
uh, all congratulating each other on about on a job mm-hmm. well done. Kind of a Scooby Doo ending in a way where they all kind of explain yeah. what happened. Like how how were you able to kill that guy? Like why put his coordinates in here? Like oh that's so ingenious and uh yes. What are you is... gonna do with the painting? Oh I'm gonna keep it. It's mine. Yeah, the whole thing right there, which you never see in any other movie again. I I will tell you that right now. Mm. Uh, although I have not really watched all of these, so you might see something in the background. Who knows? Um, but yes, I am glad that you enjoyed this enough to want to check out more movies because they are silly, dumb, fun. Even the bad ones are silly, mm-hmm. dumb, fun. And I just have a good time. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to my friends over at the Simplistic Reviews podcast who do audio commentaries on these movies. Yeah. Which is kind of like a Mystery Science Theater 3000. And most of these movies you can watch for free on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check out their site, which is simplisticreviews.net. And they do fun little audio commentaries on this one. Uh, DJ Valentine, Justin Blizzy, Matthew Stewart. You may recognize Matthew Stewart and um, DJ Valentine. They were also in our Nate of the Living Dead audio drama. And they are... A great bunch of gentlemen, and I just want to give them a shout out because they actually are the show that got me into Andy Sedaris features on their podcast. So I just want to give them nice. a, a little shout out there as well. Uh, so overall, Jeanette, what are your final thoughts? And if you had to give Picasso Trigger a rating, what would you give it? Oh my gosh. Okay, so um, overall, I thought this was a really, really fun action, um, lots of explosions. It had everything, um, a a thin plot line, yeah, Um, some interesting and hilarious dialogue for sure. Um, But it's the epitome of 80s action um, for me. And I felt like this was probably, it it felt like a, um, a feature special for a, a prime time action TV show, I I feel like this had the um the way that it was part of the universe and everything like this could have been an ongoing TV show of that time period. Oh yeah. And it probably would have done an amazing job because then you could have really followed all these um characters with all these adventures and different crime lords. It's like Miami Vice almost, but and it all fits in that Miami Vice, Knight Rider, all that kind of stuff. Um, with just sexier. Um, this, so I, yeah. This would have been good, like, you know, like for an HBO or Cinemats to do a series. Now, back in the yeah. 80s and 90s, there weren't too many, like, dramas yeah. on paid cable. Uh, most right. of the time, people doing dramas on, like, uh, primetime broadcast channels like NBC or mm-hmm. CBS. Uh, but this would have been a good marker uh, for HBO to get into yeah. that wavelength of doing something with a little bit more mature themes and yeah, or situations e- and nudity in there, and do it. Yeah, because yeah, I I I, I totally agree. Um, I'm not sure if HBO maybe they could have been the one, but really when I was watching it, it felt really more like Cinemax to me. Yeah. Um, and like Cinemax, Cinemax After Dark, and it would would have made sense because. Um, they use so many Playboy Playmates, and so it, it would have fit right into that um, that genre or that 
that style of film that once you hit 10 o'clock at night, then Cinemax kind of went grown up. Um, that's time for the grown ups TV now, kids. Good night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I really enjoyed it. And as I was watching, I was like, I know these guys. I know these guys. Well, John Apria, who played Picasso Trigger, um, he he was in Days of Our Lives. He played in Another World, oh. um, Falcon Crest, Knott's Landing. So he was like, um, and same with Steve Bond, who played Travis. He made all the rounds with General Hospital and Santa Barbara. So I was like, that's where I know these guys from back in the 80s when I used to watch soap operas. Um, but also I remembered him from, um, I just recently watched The Game with Michael Douglas, and he oh. was in that movie, that Picasso Trigger was in that movie. Oh, and also... That's um, Who did he play yeah. in The Game? He played an executive. He, oh! He just wanted... Yeah. Okay, okay. And um, I he played the killer in Bullet, so I was looking at, like, where do I know this guy? Um, so I, those, t- it made sense because it was the late 80s and those two guys were really popular on daytime television. And, you know, they they both uh, had roles on Full House and uh, Picasso Trigger also went on to be on Fuller House. So I thought it was just really interesting how they were basically... It was like a parallel career for those two guys to to land on on this one together. Um, And I was really impressed by Donna Spear and Roberta Vasquez and Hope Marie Carlton um, and just how much work they did through the Playboy um, videos and then trying to break into to film and stuff like that. It was really fun. I was slightly disappointed about the lack of. sexy scenes and nudity but it was okay i think i just had my expectations were up high as far as a rating how do you what's your well, rating scale i kind of give it's what you any kind of story you want to give to it give it we just give movies a story from like one to five one to five okay well when i when i clicked on it on amazon amazon had it four out of five stars okay so i am I'm gonna stick with that four. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it four stars just because of it was really fun. The explosions were good. Um, there was mostly a plot, and uh, the dialogue was hilarious. Um, it was a. I felt like I was transported with the '80s hair, the body glove, the Suzuki. Everything it just transported me back to the '80s, and I'm really nostalgic for the '80s. So I'm gonna give it four out of five stars. I love that. Very good. Um, now, the really one thing I love about Andy Sedaris features is that he makes all of these movies with his wife, Arlene Sedaris. She is the producer. She mm-hmm. is there for a lot of what's shot. All right, and I found this to be really kind of a cool thing. There is a great video I found where both of them are given commentaries on one of their set scenes. They oh shot. yeah. And she's involved with everything, the location, uh, the people being cast in the movies here. You think that this would be a movie made by some, like, horny older guy who just wants to see (laughs) naked women. And that may be true. But the fact that his wife is involved with all the features. And after his death, she still runs the website and is responsible for getting a bunch of these movies on Blu-ray. 
So, yeah, she is involved with everything in this movie. The location she was in, flying the woman out there. Uh, yeah, so she's a big reason for the success of these. And I found that to be really kind of a cool thing. You know, mm -hmm. husband and wife working together to make a movie is kind of sweet. Um, now, Andy Sedaris has won an Emmy for his coverage of the 1968 Summer Olympics. Oh. So he's known for doing that. Uh, he mm -hmm. did some work in the 70s with the Hardy Boys, Kojak, oh, yeah. and Monday Night Football. Actually, with the Hardy Boys slash Nancy Drew Mysteries. Uh, yeah. Now, the Lethal Ladies I told you about, originally it was called the Triple B Series. And uh -huh. later it was given the Lethal Ladies title, which for, and I cannot... I found, I did find what lethal stands for. You did? Oh, gosh. Tell us, because I've been trying to find that. It's under, it's called, it's uh, under the Lethal Ladies Return to Savage Beast. Okay. Um, on IMDb. Um, but it is, stands for Legion to Ensure Total Harmony and Law. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. I was not expecting that at all. Not at all either. Uh, this one, Picasso Trigger, I did not like as much as like Savage Beach and Fit to Kill, Hard Hunted, uh, Hard Cheek to Hawaii. I think from this series, I think Hard Cheek to Hawaii is probably the best out of all of these. I, I do mm -hmm. need to watch more. There is a movie that has Pat Morita in the oh. sort of like it's got Pat Morita and Eric Estrada. It's called Do mm -hmm. or Die. And Pat Morita plays the owner of this, like, tropical gym area where the agents have to survive all of these, like, booby traps. He's got this oh. island, island of death toys that he uses to stop agents. And he has this fortress. And Eric Estrada is in there, too. He plays another bad guy. Oh my gosh. Um, do or die. It's another woman right there. A lot of fun. I could do a whole, my whole podcast could be dedicated to just Andy Sedaris features. Um, but this is going to be our last episode of Sedaris September. Mm -hmm. Cannot thank everyone enough there for taking part of these movies. We will do probably more, but I just don't know when. Uh, as for cinema, oh, that's right. I get my score here. So I got to give my score for uh, Picasso Trigger. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give this one a three. Oh, okay. Still good. It was enjoyable, just not as enjoyable as the other ones. Probably well, for sure. the same complaints you... as you had. The set scenes in this one there are really sort of tame. Mm-hmm. Uh, not enough nudity. And also, the comedy wasn't all there like it was for the other features. But still, it's a fun one. You can't really go wrong with these movies. They're perfect to pop on on a Friday night with some friends. Mm -hmm. uh, if you watch the Joe Bob Briggs Last Drive-In and you're a fan of the movies that I showed on there, you will enjoy this. If you remember, um, USA is up all night. Yeah. You will enjoy these, all right? Yeah. Uh, in fact, I know I've seen a few of these before on the Up All Night with Rhonda Spears. Yeah, so... Great feature, a lot of fun. That's mm -hmm. gonna wrap up our discussion on Picasso Trigger. Jeanette, 
thank you, you so much. On? No, thank you. What do you have going on? Of what do I have going? I'm just I am working on um, putting together a bunch more um, blog articles for the relaunch, so that once the relaunch happens, um, I'm prepared. And I'm I'm tinkering with the idea of doing a podcast, starting a podcast. So I'm learning how to um, work all the controls and you know edit i i'm working on it i'm i'm looking to see if i'm gonna try to try and do it and see if see what happens but if you ever need a guest or help in any oh, yeah, ways definitely. let me know totally. yeah, I love yeah, that. yeah love yes. it love it um okay so we have october coming up which means it's halloween and i'm very excited to share with you stuff and reviews for halloween i'm not quite sure exactly what we're gonna do but I will tell you this right now, listeners. We are actually giving a little promotion going on on our Patreon page, uh, trying to build up more members to join us on there. And I'm trying to reach up to 50 members on Patreon by at least November. Try to get as many Patreon members as we can by November. Mm-hmm. And if we reach our goal, I'm hoping to do another audio drama. Want to do yes. one of Clue. Would love to do yes. an audio drama of Clue. So go to patreon.com slash pod and just give what you can there. I really hope to get our numbers up as much as possible. Like I said before, you get access to episodes before they actually appear. You get bonus shows, and it is going to be a fun, fun time. Uh, so yes, go there. Uh, support us any way you can. All of our episodes are found on our website, which is cinemarecall.net. We're available on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbay, Podchaser. Most places you can find podcasts, just search Cinema Recall. We're available on the social media apps. Uh, On Twitter, we are at Cinema underscore Recall. And then on Facebook and Instagram, we are Cinema Recall Podcast. Uh, Jeanette can be found on Twitter. And I believe she's on Twitter at AKA Jeanette. Uh, Jeanette. AKA Jeanette. Thank you. Sorry, I can't do the name on there. That's me. Yes, AKA Jeanette. Follow her on there. She is an amazing writer, an amazing oh. performer. Gosh, just does it and all. And I want to do Clue. I want to do Clue. So oh. you guys get on the Patreon. Get on the Patreon and get subscribed and become a member for Cinema Recall. So that we can do Clue. Yes, because it's Clue. It's freaking Clue. Because uh, it's Clue. So do it. Do it. <laughs> all right, everyone. I will see you all very soon. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>